Hi, I'm Peggy. I'm Laura. And we are Urban, Urban Booze. Well, you know what? It's a long time coming. We haven't talked about beer in a long time. So this is now officially the start of a beer takeover on Urban Booze. We have a very special guest. Uh, this man has so many different uh, titles and years of experience. He's an entrepreneur. He's a strategist. He has background in hospitality, real estate, and now, but, but the most important one today <laughs> is beer, and he is an author of a beer, and he uh, probably is a, has craft beer as a hobby, so welcome everybody, Kurt Battles. Hey, thank so, you, thank you much ladies, I'm pleased to be here with you. And we're pleased to have you. So, uh, you know, guys, one of the reasons why we brought him here because he has a wealth of knowledge and, you know, he has a book that's out. So if you're that crew, crew, that craft brewmaker who is taking your beer as a hobby and you want to take it to another level, you need to get his book, which is called Occupation Fermentation. So what we're going to do is uh, have Kurt talk a little bit about himself and we're going to have some questions. Hopefully there are questions that you thought we would ask. If not, you know, kind of commented on down there in our channel and we'll try to answer for you. So Curtis, tell us, how did you even get to this point of writing this book? All right, so uh, I have a background in three businesses. I've been in the hospitality business. Mm -hmm. uh, I have been in the uh, beverage business mm -hmm. and I've been in the commercial real estate business. So along, some of my projects have included Grand Central Terminal Redevelopment mm -hmm. and World Trade Center post 9-11. Um, and I became an entrepreneur about 10 years ago. And along the way, I ran into uh, a couple guys in upstate New York that were thinking of doing a brewery. And I started with them really from the real estate perspective. And I said, boy, this is fun. You get to drink <laughs> beer as part of your regular job. It's not just like you, you go down to the corner each time. And they had all these special things, IPAs and- really? uh, amber ales and oatmeal stouts and i said oh let, let's figure this out and they made and it so, they made it so yeah they, they were making their own beer uh, mm -hmm. there were actually three guys uh one had lived in germany uh one was um a construction guy mm -hmm. and the third was had his own restaurant so together they thought that they could do a, a brewery that had some food out in the countryside mm -hmm. up in ulster county Okay. Um, so I actually went with them, went up over Hill and Dale, looking at all these places, up near wineries and said, okay, well, this is it. So how big do you think you want this to taste to be? Right. And what I found out in going through that process is there are a lot of people who really know how to make beer. Mm -hmm. um, and there are now 8,000 breweries out there across the country that, are, that make craft beer. Some people make great beer. Some beer people make beer that's good only because their mamas and their buddies tell them so. And, um, but very few of them actually understand how to be in business. So that is part of what generated the idea behind this book. So Do it's more than just own? having a good recipe. No, go ahead, go ahead, Laura, say that because I didn't hear I don't, you. I just say, so it's more than just having a good recipe. Yeah, so you absolutely have to have um, a great beer and for people to want to come back time and time again to, to visit you. And what you find among folks out there, both urban and suburban, you tend to have your favorite spots 
that you stop at or ones that, you know, the beers that are so well known that everybody will travel just to get to them. Um, but it's important that you understand the marketing and the branding and uh, how it's regulated and uh, occupation fermentation sort of takes you through all the craft beer for dummies kind of approach. There and we says, go. There we yeah, go. Before you spend thirty thousand or three hundred thousand dollars, you spend thirty dollars, and you'll get the full experience. Okay. So now, what if I was just in my kitchen making my own home brew? Would occupation fermentation help me? It, it does because um, it tells you a little bit about the history mm -hmm. uh, of how beer came to be and the the secret, and it goes back you know, centuries, literally. It brings you up to modern times. It tells you how the basic elements that go into beer and that there's a whole list of resources. Uh, the terms you generally hear like keg and uh, IPA and hops and uh, things of that nature. But it also goes into some of the more specifics that you might need to have things you add into your beer. And it gives you resources like the American Home Brewing Association. So if you're a home brewer, Mm -hmm. it, there's 1.1 million across the country, and it's a place yeah. where you can go for more information, specific recipes, or if you're just trying to figure out, how do I get to the next level? Um, I think the book is that stepping stone that lets you think about, if I'm taking it out of my house because my wife or my significant other or my partner has said, you're making a mess in my kitchen in my garage, how can <laughs> I turn my my passion into a business and that's what we always look for we want people to be passionate about what they do uh and that will really make the difference if you're going to be successful or not well that's awesome that's awesome so where can we find your book so the book is available on amazon you, uh, and you can go to uh look for occupation fermentation the secret to building a successful craft beer business uh, you can also go to uh, my website which is craftbeerinsights.com Mm -hmm. And there's a link there that will take you directly so you can buy the book. Wow, that's cool. That's cool. I, I think that, you know, I think especially during this time, this pandemic, you know, people are now starting to trying to think out of the box. Like, what can I do next? Because many people have experienced being furloughed, laid off, salary reduction, and everyone's going to be looking for that hot side hustle. So I'm thinking, you know, we, we got this the, the guy that's in the garage or that person that's cooking it on the stove, making it for the family. They're like, Maybe I can take this another step. So, I mean, I think that's always been kind of the gap. Like, how do, how do you get to that point from point A to point B? And that is a very big step. Right. Yeah. And, and so the other piece is, over the last uh, 10 to 15 years, the cost of equipment to brew at home, and ones that are much more advanced, has come down dramatically. Oh. And I think that's why there's been such an explosion over the last four years of people getting into home brewing. Mm -hmm. So you can get yourself a setup probably for a couple hundred dollars that gives you the big vat and, you know, play around with it. If you get to the point where you really have something, mm -hmm. you can actually make it in your garage and put it into what they call um, uh, these little pony kegs. They're like one sixth of a full keg. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what a lot of the, the and, and people take them around to their local breweries and bars and say, hey, can you put this on a tap? And they say, wow, that's pretty good. Hmm. And I've seen a number of uh, folks who started in the garage have built themselves into a big business simply by taking that care and moving on from there as they've gone along. Wow. Well, have you uh, seen, since you've been doing this for a little bit, 
um, just an uprising in the number of African-American breweries. I mean, because Laura and I met Celeste Beatty, who was the first African-American woman to make her own beer in Harlem. So has that number grown? So you actually are, you, you know, the industry still is primarily majority folks. I tend to say they're uh, tattooed, beard, white, bearded white men. Sometimes right. other with, bearded them, yeah. women too. But, uh, you know, so um, <laughs> that is primarily who Listen. you find when you're going out there. But what you see in the side of the customers is more diversity. And it's in fact growing both in the African-American market and in the Hispanic market where people more and more want choices other besides big beer, which would be the Budweiser and the Miller right. Right. that our fathers and grandfathers grew up on. Right. Um, Rheingold. Rheingold was always a good beer. You know, that was one of the early I, in, India pale ales. Um, mm. And what you get is you're seeing more and more um, folks of color getting into this business. Mm -hmm. uh, they're opening their own breweries. They're across the country. Um, uh, oftentimes they're going in with partners and they're starting small and growing, but I've run into, and I would say there's probably 40 plus breweries now, and it's rapidly growing and expanding and they're every place. So down in Louisiana and Baltimore and New York city up in Connecticut. And the other thing you get is there are a number of breweries that have black brewers. Um, right. that you may not hear about. Brooklyn Brewing is one of those. Right. Um, who, and he's, he, he's been there, you know, 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. And that oftentimes people come in and so almost apprentice under somebody who is well known like that and then figure out how they expand. So for the, for the folks who are on this broadcast who are urban consumers of comfort food and wine and beer and spirits, you can go out in New York City or you could go out in Chicago or any of those major markets where there's a good population of us and likely find a black brewer out there that's making their way and doing their thing. Okay. So it seems that, that when we do it, we'll have to, I, 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 we'll have to start our own as opposed to get to brew with someone else? So I, I, I would say there's two elements to that. One, okay. I've seen a lot of folks that I know uh, from going to the um, craft beer conference and meeting that have started at home mm -hmm. and figured it out. But then a number of them said, before I go out and spend all this money, mm -hmm. let me see if I can work with somebody. And they've joined the team as a, you know, okay. and gone through all the different, so they've done this, they've been the cellar master and then they, then the person who's been in the back brewing because they learned these tricks that actually short, shorten their learning curve and make them much more efficient and much better at what they do. And the industry is very open to helping each other. So breweries collaborate and make beers together. Folks go from brewery to brewery to brewery. Um, you know, as they grow in their in their experience and in their what they want to do. So I think that you can find folks who are out there um, at these different breweries, I'm sorry, that are often trying to figure out how do I get to the next stage? Right. Right. I, I think early on what we had discovered when Celeste shared with us is that she had problems with distribution uh, because um, we wanted to try to find her beer and uh, she had told us, you can find us a Pioneer. We went to Pioneer, found one can. <laughs> uh, and she said she's just having 
a real difficult time with distribution. So she's gotten, you know, she's gotten her formula that she likes and, you know, she has her branding and then it's like, how do I get it out there? Um, so I, I think that's at least from what we saw last year when we spoke to her, that was her biggest challenge as a group. Yeah. And, and so I think that idea that there's a, this third party distribution network, where you have to go primarily through either a Budweiser distributor or a Miller distributor, and you're one of how many um, products or SKUs in their in their quiver. And mm -hmm. as you grow and people get and you become popular, it's a lot easier to get that in shelf space. But with as many products as are out there, a lot of the the newer breweries have opened up, and they're primarily focused on their tasting room. So they want it to be a unique experience. You come in, you sit down, we welcome you. Maybe we have some snacks available, uh, but we'll, you'll get to try different kinds of beers and people will tell you about it and you can learn about it. And from the brewer's side, the thing that makes that so attractive is you probably make 10 times as much on that keg of beer that if you sold it out the back door to go through the distribution because really? you've cut out the middleman. And you'll get people to come back and they'll buy merchandise. So what might've been just two beers or $15 turns into $50. And you mm. can make a hobby into something more worthwhile and do it in a managed way. Mm. And, and I'm listening and I'm thinking, well, in New York, there's always rent and rent. And I think of our um, biscuits and beer, which is, close to where I am, um, Dale Brew, down the road on Nostrand, and rent is expensive. Yes. Rent is high. So it's like, if I go in, I'm good for $20, my husband's good for $20. He, you know, if there was a way for him to just sell me a couple of six packs, <laughs> I think, you know, he'd make uh, more yeah. money off of us, you know, because he wouldn't have to outlay for the rent. Right, but at the same time, when you go in and have that experience, Mm -hmm. And you get part of the dynamic is you get things at that uh, tasting room that you can't necessarily get in the store. Right. So they do they do a unique beer that has orange juice and it tastes just like a mimosa and it's really light and you see this is wonderful. Can I have some of it? And they said, well, we actually have it in cans. Or the other things people do is they'll sell it to you in crowlers, which is like a thirty-two ounce can, or in a growler, which is a sixty-four ounce bottle. Um, so you can take it home and enjoy it at the at the end after you get back. Wow. So they totally circumvent the traditional distribution because they wouldn't get the shelf space anyway, you're basically saying. Right. right. So you have to get to a certain size in terms of how many, and we talk about it in terms of barrels. And a barrel is for practical purposes, two kegs. So when you went to the party at the fraternity or the sorority right. back in the day and, you know. There yeah, was not me. I didn't do that. No, there, there was maybe some Mad Dog 2020 in the background, but we don't know why. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, bring back memories. Um, it is the, um, when they get bigger and bigger, they're uh -huh. able to get distribution, mm -hmm. but it's probably over 5,000, you know, three to 5,000 barrels. A lot of these small ones. Wow. That's a lot. They're producing 100 barrels or less in, in a year. Right. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, we, we got to talk about today's time. You know, the 800 pound gorilla <laughs> in, in today's society now is, you know, ideally departed George Floyd and how 
this is all impacting is almost like a domino effect to every aspect of business because of, you know, basically how systemic racism has been. Do you think that with this happening, that there's going to be an upsurge in African-American uh, with the craft brewers that are out there that they might get more opportunity or it might draw more, you know, what, what is your take on that? So I've actually seen a couple things happen in, in just recent times. So I've seen brewers across a, a wide swath of the country putting up Black Lives Matter. Um, these are majority brewers as well as minority brewers. I've seen uh, a black brewer in Texas who's coming out with a tribute beer to George Yeah, Ford. Weathered Soul, right? Right. And then um, you're seeing people doing uh, collaborations around this. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's both a time for our country to wake up to what has been going on and to say we, we have to change something. We can't just keep going on and having folks of color uh, knocked off while walking. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. You know, or falling asleep in my car because I had had a little too much beer to drink or trying to sleep like it off before I went home. So the wife yeah, went. That's what out. I was trying to do. I was just sitting in one. I'm, I'm just not going to drunk drive. That would have been too easy. That would have been too easy. But, you know, without being a downer, I think that the best days are ahead of us. Yeah. Uh, all of this, you know, I, this brings back memories of the 60s that I vaguely remember because I'm yeah, no, we not that old. Yeah, we're um, here for that. But, we were here for the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, part of this is that you're trying to uh, figure out um, how do we work together? Mm -hmm. And seeing the outpouring of community of all shades, colors, races, creeds. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, oh, yeah. It makes a difference. And it feels like it's different. It feels like you when uh, back in 2014, when you had the choking death um, here in the city, and there was all this outreach, but it was only some Black folks. Right. Know, that was the graffiti writer, right? It was a graffiti writer. Well, that was Eric Garner, you know. With but there was, and there was even one before Eric Gardner. It right. was, we can all, we can, we I can know, I know. Here. We can go back. Well, what about remember, that one? Yeah. Remember? Yeah, yeah. There's so yeah, many. It it feels to me like it's different. It feels to me like uh, we're at least trying to get to the right spot. Now, the the, the mm -hmm. challenge is with the way the um, political system is. Right. There's awful lot of tiptoeing and not that jump to bold action. And this is requires more revolutionary action than evolutionary. Absolutely, action. absolutely. I think rhetoric is not going to be accepted by this generation, um, you know, because they'll say, okay, you said it, so what are you gonna do? So it'll be interesting, you know, with just really the interaction uh, or the help that comes with these craft uh, brew makers and, and to see what type of, if that collaboration is gonna go to the next level. That's what I'm interested in finding out. Will they have a groundswell result okay. in, in getting them, you know, getting the product out there? Because I think now people are hungry. They want black owned. They want yeah. black owned. I'm seeing it everywhere on social media. But I also think people are not going to just accept lip service. No. People aren't going to say, oh, you hung a Black Lives Matter. Now it's kind of, how many people work at your brewery? How many of them are master blenders? How many of them, you know, how many of them have these higher positions and you know there are some we were talking about one earlier in the year they just look ridiculous and they're still going to look ridiculous from you know their practices 
Absolutely. So yeah, so, it'll be interesting. Like, um, you know, we saw what was ha what's happening now with Fresh Fest. Now that's just with COVID affecting, right. you know, the, the whole, you know, state of the, the union, you know, everything is now being pivoted to virtual. Do you think um, it'll be, what are they calling it now? The Fresh Fest DigiFest? Yeah. Now, so, Laura's so, been wanting me to go. See, and I was actually going to go and then COVID happened. So I think this is one of those exp experiential kind of things, going to the brewery and getting the beer. And I know. So virtual things, it keeps you connected, just like you, mm -hmm. the, the show keeps you connected with your audience and lets them really understand what, what's up and about. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, people will start, as you're seeing, going out and I'll hang out outside. But the beat, want to be in an uh, arena that has 20,000 people right next to each other. I don't foresee that kind of experience yeah. of most of our folks anytime in the immediate future. You know, but I think as you get to the fall and it gets colder and people naturally go inside to the extent that COVID is, doesn't have another second big rebound and that's yet to be seen. Mm -hmm. um, you'll see people venturing back and wanting to be able to have this experience again. Well, we don't want to go before we don't allow you the opportunity to show your merchandise because Father's Day, right? It's right. coming. coming up. Oh, okay. Look, move forward. Move forward, Kurt. <laughs> Occupation fermentation. Oh, can you see it? We can yeah. see it. I can see it. A oh, there it is. There it is. Guys, Father's Day is coming up. Go on Amazon and purchase you a copy of this. Mm-hmm. Good old dad. You think you think your husband might like that, Laura? I think he would. But and like like uh, Curtis started with, don't spend thirty thousand. Don't spend three hundred thousand before you spend thirty to see if it's you know if you if can. This do... is the right thing for you. That's that was the whole. Right. Let's see what else is there. What else can we get for good old dad or the significant other? All right. So we also do some merchandise. So we do things like this. Here we go. I'm a craft okay. beer. Read what it says. I'm a craft beer lover. And I can't read the rest of that because my eyeglasses will not allow. It says, what's your superpower? <laughs> Say it again. What's your superpower? Oh, okay. <laughs> no superpower. Look. So, so we, we have a store called um, Kendall's Corner. And it has all kinds of Father's Day items in there that you could go in and find. Um, it's, you can get through it to get to it through Facebook and it's, you know, the, the, I'm a grumpy grandpa, <laughs> uh, love cat, dad, lover, uh, dog, dad, lover, oh all kinds hundred percent super dad. We got all, we got all kinds of fun stuff. Um, so. That is so cool. And then don't we have one more, one more item we can show the merchandise? So the which, other item is which similar. Which is my personal the, favorite. My personal favorite. <laughs> it's a red and white. Is it red, red and white, white T-shirt? Okay, and it says I'm a okay. I'm a craft beer lover. We only can see part of it, so you're gonna have to make sure we get it. There we go. There it I'm is. A craft beer lover. What's your superpower? All right, you know, dads would love that. Yeah. I mm -hmm. So I'm not a craft beer lover, but I think I would love that part. What's your superpower? Yeah, well, that, that's the idea. Yeah, you, the merchandise to make it fun for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you if anyone's out there still trying to figure out what to do for Father's Day, uh, what's your website again? Uh, so you can go you can go to Kendall's Corner mm -hmm. uh, on Facebook. Oh, K E N D A L L S Corner K O R N E R. All right, okay, that's fantastic. And 
for our dedicated followers, all 49 of you. <laughs> and we want to make that grow. Uh, we are going to do a special offering. We're going to raffle off for a lucky, lucky person uh, a copy of Occupation Fermentation. We're going to try to get Curtis to autograph it. And um, I will. You know, but you got to work for it. Tell him, Laura, what, what do we have to do to, to get this book? This is going to be a beer takeover. So you need to watch all of the videos that we have on YouTube. You need to comment on all of the videos. Even if you just say, hey, I looked at it. That's a comment right. on all of the videos. Mm -hmm. And you need to subscribe to our channel. Like, Every time, subscribe. like, subscribe. <laughs> oh, and the, the alarm, hit the bell. Oh yeah, hit that notification bell. Notification, right. Each time you comment on each of the videos, it'll be three of them, will be each is an entry. So remember that. So the more, the more times you comment, the more entries, the better your okay. chances are of winning. Right. So the most you can get is three. So comment on each of the videos. There'll be three with this beer takeover with Mr. Kirk Battles and ourselves. And uh, what we're going to do is wrap this up. We've given you enough information. You know what you got to do. Get, get your hobby out of the garage and, and make it a business and, and get it with occupation fermentation. So until next time, everyone, this is Urban Booze. Exploring what's good. Sip, sip by, by sip. sip. Bye. Okay.